Thank you for tuning in to the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We are one church with multiple campuses in the Elgin and Bartlett communities. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org, our church app, or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, may you be blessed by this week's message. The scripture reading this morning comes from John 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the first the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go ahead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said these things to her. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to your word today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So much in the New Testament, comes to us in the form of letters written to the churches of the New Testament. 
letters to Ephesus, letters to Philippi, letters to Colossae, letters to Corinth, that kind of thing. And so I wonder what it would be like for us to get a letter from Mary Magdalene. To hear some of her testimony, not just about the resurrection, but about her experience of having followed Jesus as a disciple, having met him initially in a moment of healing and sharing with us some of her experiences. And I imagine it might go something like this. To the church in Bartlett, greetings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you even yet today. I write to you to encourage you as you wait for the return of Jesus. I write to you to encourage you and to share with you some of my own story and some of my experience of having followed Jesus, of having walked with Jesus, of having participated in the ministry of Jesus when he was with us here early in his ministry, even to the day of his crucifixion and even, even to the day of his resurrection. I know you have read and heard some account of my experiences with him, but I wanted to share them with you from my own perspective. I met Jesus once when I was in a crowd and there were other women gathered with me, other women who suffered similarly to what I was suffering. And that day we experienced an incredible healing from Jesus. Many in the crowd that day were suffering as I was suffering from different ailments, different illnesses. Some referred to them as demons, some referred to them as other types of illnesses and ailments. Some of us suffered in pain. Some of us suffered in the form of what you might call today mental illness. Some of us suffered in a variety of different ways. And yet, we all knew the moment that we had been freed from that suffering. Jesus was able to lay hands on some of us and Jesus was able to pray words over some of us and we had heard, as we had followed him, we had heard about healing miracles. We had heard about times that people had been freed from illnesses, from pain, from suffering. They had suffered for many years. And yet, in that moment, many of us experienced what we had heard about. And we were, we were amazed and even confused and confounded. And yet, we knew something had changed. Some of it was immediate, some of it was gradual as we continued to follow Jesus, and yet we knew something had changed. I immediately began to feel better. Some of the feelings that I was overwhelmed with for many years had been lifted from me as I listened to him and as he proclaimed that God loved us and that God would heal us. 
And even though I had been following him and his apostles and other people that had followed him on the road, I continued to more so, and I began to support his ministry as best I could by being, by being with him and by pulling from my own resources. As I understand it in your own church, when people join your church or your fellowship or whatever it is, they, they sometimes pledge vows to join your church, and they talk about joining your church by prayers, by presence, by gifts, by service, and by witness. And I tried to do all of those things, as many of us did with Jesus' ministry, by being prayerful, not only by praying for Jesus' ministry, but by echoing the prayers that he prayed for others and for the communities he walked through, by continuing to pray for others who needed his healing as others had prayed for me. By being present, we, we followed him and we, and we listened to him and we went with him and we tried to support the ministry by making sure he and the apostles and other followers in the group had food and whatever else they needed. And by sharing our gifts from our resources, whether it was money or food or providing places for people to stay, by serving those same people. You can imagine walking around in those crowds every once in a while, someone had a cut or a bruise, and so we did our best to help people get patched up. And by our witness, because as Jesus would preach in the large crowds and people would hear him, we would continue to share with people of the crowds if they had a hard time hearing him. And so by the same ways you pledged to support and encourage your faith community, we supported Jesus in his ministry. And there were times when we sang and danced. There were times when Jesus taught and we were all filled with joy in the community. And then there were dark days too. As the religious leaders felt more and more threatened by what Jesus preached, we worried about Jesus. We worried about the whole crowd of followers. We worried about the apostles and disciples that were closest to him. Because we began to hear stirrings of the religious leaders making threats, wanting to silence Jesus, wanting him to stop saying many of the things he was saying because it was contradictory to what they were teaching. People began to talk about Jesus as the Messiah, and he came very differently as the Messiah we were sometimes taught would come. There began to be conversation that the religious leaders were getting more and more and more frustrated, angrier and angrier to the point where they might do something, and finally they did. They cornered him one night along with some of the apostles closest to him, and they arrested him. Many of us were very afraid we would be next as followers. They arrested him, and we heard terrible stories that after they had arrested him and incarcerated him, that they beat him. They beat him bloody. And then the religious leaders started working with the Roman leaders and the local government leaders, and they wanted him. They wanted him. They wanted him put to death. We couldn't understand that because all he had ever talked about, all he had ever preached was 
grace and mercy and love of one another. And they were tired of hearing it because it, again, contradicted what, what they had said. We couldn't believe it would actually happen. And then, well, then one day, somebody came out and said that they were going to crucify Jesus. I was with Mary, his mother, and I was with John, one of his closest disciples. Many of the other apostles and many of the other followers scattered because they were afraid if they were found anywhere near what was happening, they too would be arrested, incarcerated, perhaps beaten, and maybe even crucified. And we found our way along the path that they made Jesus walk and they made him carry his own cross. And he was still beaten along the way and sometimes he would fall and he was bloody and he was dirty and he was sweaty. It was awful. It was awful to walk beside his mother and see her have to watch her son suffer in that way. And we got to the place and we saw them nail him to the cross and lift the crossbar up onto the cross. It was horrible. And they made fun of him and they mocked him and they teased him. And finally, finally, when they all thought he was dead, they wanted to make sure and they pierced his side with a sword. And he was dead. I couldn't believe it couldn't believe they killed him. So I went away with, with his mother and with John and eventually much later that day we found the other disciples and, and different groups of his followers gathered in a, in a secret place hiding, mourning, grieving, wailing with tears and anger, not knowing what to do, not really fully understanding what had happened there was some vague recollection that Jesus promised that this had to happen and that he would, he would be raised from the dead. And again, we just, didn't, we just didn't understand how that could be. But it was the Sabbath, and so we couldn't go and do the ritual preparation of his deceased body. So they, they had carried him away and wrapped him in linens and put him in a tomb and... So early on the morning of the third day, really before a lot of people were up and moving around, I, I took the anointing oils and I took the, the spices and the scents that we used and I just I decided I wanted to go. And so I went to the garden and I went to the tomb and when I got there, the, the stone that had covered the tomb was rolled away. There was nobody around. There were no guards. There wasn't anybody. It was very... Strange, And so I went very carefully, very cautiously to the tomb, and I looked inside. And his body was gone. The linen wrappings were there. The wrap around his head was there. They were all rolled up neatly, but the body of Jesus was gone. And I, I, 
I dropped my things right there. I dropped the ointments and the oils and the spices, and I ran back. I ran back to that secret place, and people had just started to stir. And I went to Peter, and I went to John, and I said, listen, I went to the tomb. I went to the tomb to prepare the body, and Jesus' body is gone. And they looked at me like I was crazy, and they said, what do you mean it's gone? I said, it's gone. The linen cloths are there. The wrappings are there. The stone rolled away. There's nobody there, and Jesus' body is gone. And it was like, it, they just took off. I, I didn't know what to do. But Peter and, and John, they just took off. They ran. They sprinted. And I, I wasn't sure what to do. So I just, I just walked back to the tomb. I was, in, I, was, I was dazed. I was confused. I was sad. I was angry. By the time I got back to the tomb, both John and Peter had looked in the tomb and had actually gone into the tomb and found it just like I told them it would be, that Jesus' body was gone, the linens were there, nobody else around. They didn't understand it either. So they went back to, the, back to the place where everybody was staying, and I stayed behind, and I wept. And then the weirdest thing happened. I went into the tomb. I hadn't gone in before. I just looked, but I went into the tomb, and I saw the wrappings, and then there in front of me, there were, there were two... Two men, two angels sitting where Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And they looked at me and they said, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And I just looked at them and I said, They've, they, they, somebody took Jesus. They took him and I, I just want to find him. I don't know where they've, where they've laid him. And then it was like they were, they were gone. I thought I was seeing things or having a vision or I'd been crying. Maybe I was imagining things because of the tears in my eyes, and I was so frustrated, so emotional, so grief-stricken, and I just didn't know, and I turned around, and I stepped out of the tomb, and there through my tears and sadness and my grief, I saw another person, just one person there. I thought maybe he was the gardener. Maybe he had showed up to take care of some things, and then I thought maybe he was the one that had taken Jesus, taken his body, and so I said, Sir, and, and he looked at me and he said, why are you weeping? What are you looking for? And he, I said, I'm, someone took Jesus. Did you, did you take him? If you took him, just tell, me, just tell me where you laid him, where you put him, and I, I'll go get him. Just tell me and I'll go get him. And then all of a sudden, this, this man I thought was the gardener said, Mary. He said my name. And he said my name in a voice and in a way that I've heard so many times before. And I wiped the, the tears from my eyes. And I tried to clear my thoughts. And he said my name again. He said, Mary. And I knew that voice. I'd heard that voice speak my name before. And I said, Rabboni, teacher. It was, it was Jesus. It was Jesus standing alive in front of me, not dirty, not bloody, not filthy anymore, in, in almost shining light, in clean robes. I could still see the, the wounds in his, in his hands and in his feet. And, and I took a step close to him. I wanted to hug him, hold him, take his hands, and he said, no, Mary, don't, don't hang on to me because I have to go to the Father. But go to the other followers, the apostles, the disciples. Go to all the followers. Tell them, I am raised from the dead. Tell them, 
that I have to go to my God and your God, to our God, to my Father and your Father, to our Father. And I will see you again. And so I did exactly what he told me to do. I went back to the community and I told them everything I had seen and everything that Jesus had said. And then there was more time that we had with Jesus before he ascended to the Father. And he promised us then that he would come back again. And I know, friends, that you at the church in Bartlett, at the church, the journey of hope, that you are still waiting for him. And I promise you that he will come again. And I know you're waiting and the waiting is hard. But as one of his early followers, I promise you, he will come again. And so as one of his early followers, as one of his early disciples, I send to you the grace and peace of Jesus Christ. Know that we are with you together in this community of faith. God bless you all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, just as we are the body of Christ in Journey of Hope, in Bartlett and in Elgin now, we are linked and tied historically, intimately, spiritually to the body of Christ that started when Jesus started his public ministry, when Jesus walked the road with the cross, the day that Jesus was seen in the tomb by Mary and when he appeared to that community of faith then. We are the embodiment, the extension. We are a part of that same community of faith today, hundreds of years later, still hoping, still waiting, still trusting in all the promises of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for this letter, this message from Mary Magdalene who followed Jesus, who supported Jesus' ministry, who listened and heard his words, received his healing, and trusted in his promises. Help us, like Mary Magdalene, to continue to trust in the promises of Jesus. Amen. Think about what it'd be like to hear a letter, to hear a message from those who were with Jesus at that time, and how powerful that is for us. Go now in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father Almighty, the fellowship, the communion, and the power of the Holy Spirit, this day and forevermore. And let all God's people say, Amen. Amen.